across the UK, online and on DAB, the independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. A mid-morning dance with the devil from the farmer of fury. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We're still basking in the afterglow of the big royal wedding weekend, but just when you thought it was safe to start Monday morning with a spring in your step, all the train companies are doing their level best to stop you getting anywhere, and now the Scots are talking about breaking up the United Kingdom again. Apparently the sight of Meghan Markle marrying the sixth in line to the throne wasn't enough to bring a tear to Nicola Sturgeon's eye, and instead she started agitating for a second referendum on Scottish independence. If it didn't happen last time, it ain't happening ever. Katy Perry is here. We'll get the the benefit of her experience of the first conversation about independence for Scotland and she'll be telling us what she thinks of all these reports of a snap election being prepared possibly later on this year 0344 499 coming up later on we'll be hearing the heartbreaking story of a mother whose epileptic son has been denied the NHS treatment that could have saved his life and we'll be finding out why Labour and the Tories are so desperate to grab the young vote with a series of ever more bizarre bribes, what is the actual point and what's going on with the Russians by the way as well 0344 499 1,000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, and Katie Perrier on Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Jimmy says this, I'm English and proud to be English, and to be honest with you, I do not mind if Scotland wants to be independent. Let them pick, uh, and I would say the same about Wales as well, or if they had a united Ireland, just a shame we don't have an English Parliament or an Assembly here. I mean, my general view is that I prefer the United Kingdom to remain the United Kingdom. I don't really think that anybody gains from breaking it up into little small, tiny countries, because, I mean, after all, these are countries that want to be part of the bigger European Union, and yet supposedly we're told don't want to be part of a much smaller union which is the United Kingdom I've never been convinced by the argument either that Scots can stand up by themselves no. on their own money no. Okay, look how much money that comes from England to Scotland every yeah. year through the Barnet Formula and other things yeah. and uh, you know, the Scots basically turn around and say no you know, you can keep your money you know, we, we're not interested well after a while quite right as Twitter has pointed out this morning the English are going to turn around and go well actually we would quite like to keep our money so don't yeah. push us yeah, right. don't keep on you know, threatening us with this because we'd like to have our money back yeah exactly and also remember the time when Nicholas Sturgeon got up and started talking about the oil reserves, which everybody knows are dwindling and getting harder and harder to remove for the North Sea anyway. Um, but as soon as she actually mentioned how much money they were worth, it was a bit like the old uh, gold, gold, Gordon Brown uh, gold standard scenario. Everything went down the tubes and the price of oil has fallen by such a huge amount that actually the amount of, mo- of money that Scotland would get as income from the North Sea has diminished practically by a factor of 100. I wonder if this is a clever tactic by her to actually not ever think that she's going to go forward with a second referendum, but actually constantly push, 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 push to get the best out of the EU deal, breakaway yeah. deal as possible. Well, I think that's where everybody her. is now, isn't it? I mean, everyone is now sort of positioning themselves. I know, but I feel sorry for Theresa May in this position. Really? Because, yeah, well, I she's do. she's found herself in this position partly because of the fact that... Uh, you know, David Cameron put her there, but also because she put herself there. You know, if she hadn't. I know that people tell election, me that all the time. If she hadn't had that snap election, she'd be in a much better position to control what is going on around her. Whereas at the moment, she's now going to try and keep the DUP sweet, right, in Northern Ireland. She's now going to have to fight off Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland. The Welsh, thankfully, are completely, you know, do lally in terms of their political stance. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they're doing. My favourite, one of my favourite pictures from last week was a whole load of Labour people uh, demonstrating outside the, the, the Welsh Assembly. 
about the you know the failing healthcare system, not realising actually that it They're was their responsible own, for it was their own party that's responsible for screwing it up. That was hilarious. <laughs> that's really funny. I mean, really, tell me about it. How about this from Steve? He says Scottish independence. Next time, ask us English, and they'll get their freedom all right. No more English subsidies, and they can sort out Ulster uh, with Ireland. Stephen says, why can't we have a referendum in England to leave the union? It might resolve the so-called Irish border problem. See, I worry about all this. I really do. Yeah, I think it's really unhealthy and unhelpful for Sturgeon to keep on prodding the English people in this way because they're going to turn around and t- stick two fingers up. And one of the things that has been a result, unfortunately, of the first referendum in Scotland, and I hear from people in Scotland all the time on this, is that you know the whole community was kind of divided in a really nasty way. I mean, people talk about you know more racism since the Brexit referendum, which I'm not sure is true. But certainly there was a lot more ill feeling in Scotland since the referendum and the whole, you know, shall we stay in the UK or not? I was in Scotland on a business trip during that referendum yeah. and a taxi driver, I got in and we basically didn't get to the end of the road before he starts going, so, you know, where are you from and what do you think? Yeah. And this is how I think. Yeah. And, I, you know, my mum and I have fallen out over this. Yeah. We have arguments around Our the dinner table. Our falling out all the time. It was crazy. We do not need any more referendums no. in this country. Believe you and me. And I think... you don't, I mean, do you think Theresa May has actually taken that decision? She will just not give anybody. Because, I mean, apart from anything else, Nicholas Sturgeon would have to get from the UK Parliament permission to actually hold a second referendum. Why would they give it to her? I wouldn't be surprised if Theresa Mason on the phone to the Oxford Dictionary removing the word referendum <laughs> so that we can never, ever, ever have one ever again. Yeah, well, I wouldn't, don't think that would on be anything. a bad thing. I don't think that would be a bad thing because the worst thing you hear is all these people sort of being wheeled out to go, oh, yeah, let's have a referendum on this. Let's have a referendum on that. I, le- I elect a government for that. And yeah. if I don't like the government, I change the government because I've got a vote and that's yeah. enough. I don't need a referendum. Exactly right. <laughs> As if the wedding wasn't cool enough, right? This is the first dance. I absolutely love this song. Wouldn't that be great? It's Do you know just, what? You know... When I was about 18, 19, 20, we used to go to this really crummy nightclub. And when this got on the dance floor, the place went <laughs> mental. And it just brings such wonderful memories for me. And I reckon yeah. Megan may have, you know, we're not, not that far apart in age. And she may well have, uh, you know, had some great memories with this song yeah. when she was younger. And uh, I just think it's great. Well, funny that enough, we didn't have some about... soppy kind of ridiculous love song as the first dance. This yeah. was the first dance. It was meant to get everybody in the dance floor, I yeah. should imagine. Well, I was going to ask you, actually, even though I know we haven't talked about it for a while, you know, the Royal Wedding was last weekend. I mean, you must have had at some point over the weekend a thought about, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be getting married, aren't we? Where are we going to do it? Do you know what? I took one look at it and went, well, mine's going to be pony compared to that, isn't it? <laughs> And you wonder if that will actually put people it's off. It's going to be a bit pants, really, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you know, I'm not going to lie that dress and I'm not going to be able to spend that kind You're of money on that. I'm not going to have it on John at the cheering. wedding. No, well, you, you can't get on. We probably no. could. <laughs> Do you reckon? Yeah, you I was relying on you to be able to get him for Yeah, you probably get him. So no, I took one look at it and thought, no, nah, you're, you know, I'm afraid it's either that or nothing. <laughs> it's raised the stakes. Uh, I know, it really has. Neil says this, if Meghan Markle is such a feminist, shouldn't she have had her first dance to I'm every woman? Well, Why? Well, that's not very kind of caring and sharing to your new husband, it's is not, it? No. Apparently, when um, Harry spoke to the, the audience in the evening and said, "My wife and I," everybody yeah. went crazy. And yeah. I think, you know, the lovely detail that's coming out today from the royal wedding, I think, is fantastic. I think it is, and I mean, people have analysed it, and they will now be analysing it for days and days and days and days, won't they? And there'll be documentaries coming out two months from now about the behind-the-scenes feel and all that sort of thing. But loads of people made remarks, for example, about. Uh, when they walked out into that rather stunning-looking E-type Jag, which is electric, apparently. Only one in the world. Only 320,000 quid for one of them. You Brilliant, know, I'll have that's two. Fine. See, yeah. this is what I mean. I haven't got one of those. And you've got to park it down at the cut there and you hook it up <laughs> to the... Can you imagine? Oh, this car's worth 320 grand. I'm not leaving it in the street. Uh, but the fact that he came out and opened the door for her, 
uh, and let you know. People, yeah, but they would have rehearsed all of that. Yeah, no, I know. But people are like, you know, oh, you know, I thought it's supposed to be modern. Where, you know, what is wrong with that? What is oh, wrong no. with showing a little bit of compassion? Uh, you know, a little bit of sort of you know, you know male uh, chivalry. I feel to sorry a woman. for men these days yeah. because they do not know whether to you know what. Don't feel sorry for me. The, <laughs> I, I don't need your sorrow. But I do feel sorry for guys. Like my kids this morning, we got mm. on the bus to school. Quickly dropped them off uh, early on before yeah. I got on the train to work. And uh, lady, I said, let the lady go on first, boys. You know, Jocelyn pushing to go first. On the, and I said, no, no, hold back. Let the lady yeah. go first. And, and they said, oh, you know, would you like to? She said, well, thank you, boys. Mm. Now, it's just manners. Yes. It's just nice, polite well, exactly. manners. And this is what I think has been lost in this whole kind of scenario of, I mean, that's quite a rude tweet, Neil, if I don't mind, if you don't mind me saying so. Because it infers, from, from my point of view anyway, that you think feminists should be somehow, you know, wearing, you know, dungarees and shaving their heads and, and hating men. That's not the way feminism is. Feminism now, to me, doesn't mean you can't like men. Doesn't mean you can't get married. Doesn't mean you can't have somebody hold a door open for you. It means that you're equal. That's you what it what, means. Though? I hold doors open for men all the time. So, it's and, just and good so manners. I. I hold doors open for men and women. Exactly. It's not, it's not a sexist thing. It's not, you know, if someone's turned around, if I saw a man opening the door for a woman and a woman turned around and said, I don't need you to do that for yeah, me, I think yeah. I'd go and chin her over the basis yeah. that, come on, yeah. don't act like that because that's why you get all this kind of, you know, backlash. Exactly right. So what was your favourite moment when you were sort of preparing the old, uh, you know, tears to be... And did, were there any tears? I yeah, mean, I did. You actually wept? I did. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> I had just, I mean, a, I'm, I'm just happy one to... or two down the cheek. And it wasn't weeping. Really? It just was kind of like... Oh, was it tears of so joy, lovely. was it? Was yes, it tears of joy? Do you know why people were doing that? People were... Oh, don't they take the mickey out of me, Mr. Graham. My friend. Um, my friend. Uh, do you know why people weren't feeling the way I was? Was why? because it, not just about... It's not Diana nonsense or anything like that. It's just the fact that it's a guy come good. Yeah. And so many people can go two ways. They can yeah. go... On, you, know, in, you see it with celebrities. So it's not a money thing. You can go off the rails yeah. when a parent dies. Yeah. Or you can you know do the right... Try and get, hold on tight and do the right thing. And whatever... You know, craziness that goes on within the royal family, and however dysfunctional they are, like many families, he's held it together. Yeah. He's held it together, and he's held it together in a way where he finds it's okay now to do things the royal family would never have done before, like talking about issues like mental health and yeah. other things. And I, I think everybody looked at him like a proud parent. Yeah. I think that's what they were doing. They had the feelings of a proud parent, which, which, which was. You did good, boy. He did. You did good. And they're a very handsome couple, you have to say. I oh, mean, just I mean, on a, on a very I think kind Kate of... and William might, might live to regret, kind of. You know, half of it, I think, they, they would love to take the shine off them because the pressure is massive yeah. on the heir to the throne. Well, do you know what's interesting? And we were talking a little bit about this last week with all the shenanigans surrounding, you know, Meghan's family and the ghastliness of some of the people that have been speaking up on her behalf who are clearly not very close to her, no. including her sister or half-sister, who wasn't even called Markle until about two weeks ago. Changed her name back to Markle and has been doing the rounds of every TV studio in the world that she can talk to anyone with, you know? Absolutely ghastly. No dignity whatsoever. No, no dignity whatsoever. But we were talking about how, you know, as a kind of, um, as 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 a sort of cool couple, these two have completely usurped whatever Kate and William... Uh, had together and and doesn't she now look as if she's part of the long running royal establishment? Do you remember what was being said about her air host, former air hostess yep. mother, yep. jumped up kind of you know Berkshire uh, middle class type who was just going to try and cash in on the royals? I mean, she now looks like the Queen Mother compared yeah, quite, to this lot. Do you know what I mean? But I think that Kate. Um, I mean, I think Tom Bradbury wrote in the Sunday Times this weekend saying that you know Kate and William get on so well because William shared you know the feelings he had about his mum with her when they when they met yeah. and they, they were dating, but Kate in her is a very thoughtful and kind person. And you could see that at the weekend. She wore a yeah. what the media love to call a recycled dress. Yes. It's what you and I call wearing our clothes. Yes. You know? right. people, people used to say to me when I worked for Theresa May, they used to say, oh, is she recycled that? 
I was like, no, she's wearing it for a second yes. time, you moron. Yeah, right. Go away. Exactly. You know, normal people don't call it recycling. We right. call it having a wardrobe. Having a wardrobe. And wearing it you, until yeah. you don't want it anymore. Yeah, I mean, I can exclusively reveal to you that this is not a brand new shirt. I haven't Likewise. just bought it for this particular show. Um, <laughs> uh, I may go and buy another one for tomorrow, though. But I do like the way, the fact that she, she wanted to be understated. She yeah. wore something she'd worn three times before. So, therefore, she couldn't look like she was trying, trying to upstage the bride in any way, shape or form. She knew her role uh, in the day. Yeah. And I thought that she was really... Well, you know, she did that really well. But, you know, there was nothing not to like. It, even the crazy sermon. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, the, um, I mean, the idea that, that he's getting quite a lot of uh, sort of hammerings in the press. Leave him alone. It's like, well, that was all part of the kind of rich tapestry of, of something was. very modern, something very different. The tradition of it all as well. And when you look at, say, Princess Anne, Prince Philip, uh, the Queen, Prince Edward. I mean, you know, some of these people are not as young uh, as they used to be and just standing around for hours on end. This is the last time, probably, the Queen will be... This will be on show in the way that they have been this weekend. Uh, you know, we are at some point in for a period of significant change within the royal family. The Queen will not go on forever. Uh, the Duke will not go on forever. Uh, I thought that some of the lip-reading things from the papers over the weekend was fascinating as well. You know, just, just because how normal everything is. I don't know why we think they're so special. You know, they have to do the same things we do. Princess um, Zara Phillips was sitting there and, um, uh, you know, heavily pregnant yeah. a month ago. And the seats are very narrow and very hard because it's just wood. Yeah. And Mike Tindall was going, are you OK? She's like, no, I need the toilet. <laughs> And I thought, brilliant, you know. Yeah. It's a two hours. You've got to be waiting around for two hours. Anybody yeah, because they had to come in early, pregnant. didn't they? And you have to say, I mean, I was because I had to go, I have to go to Wembley uh, for about 12 o'clock. So I left the house around about 11. Um, and I was watching it for about an hour. And I must admit, I was getting a little bit fed up with all the gushiness coming from all the TV presenters. And quite a lot of them have got it in the neck this morning, the BBC in particular. Oh, it was uh, for, boring for, on the No, but also for not having the right people presenting it, yeah. you know. Dermot O'Leary, no, really? That's no. not really what you want. I mean, I think Dimble they would... Beat. Types, yeah. I think they Hugh were trying Edwards. to. I think they were trying to get along with it being kind of the trendy, no. slightly new form of a wedding. But the papers have gone in for. I've had a pop at uh, Philip Schofield, and I thought he's really quite good. Well, I think he's one of the better ones actually. Yeah. But I mean, Kay Burley, much as we love her uh, as the kind of doyen of Sky News, because as she will happily tell you, she's been on Sky News more than anybody else. She's done more live TV than anyone else in the world ever. Um, you know, I thought she was going to actually explode. <laughs> When, when uh, she's a national when, institution, yeah, no, leave her alone. When George Clooney turned up with his wife Amal in that yellow dress, mustard, I mean, she darling, was darling, it's mustard. Oh, I thought it was primrose, actually. No, no, it's, it's mustard. Are you sure? Yeah, I thought I had primrose. Anyway, she was literally uh, hyperventilating. And going, oh, 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 oh. it was like you never heard anything like it. She listen, Kay would have been in her element she was. during the day. Yeah. She would have absolutely loved every single moment and of it. Is, planning and, the outfit and, in and weeks Good luck to her. I mean, I couldn't do it. But in case you didn't know, the Sun has done a very handy cut out and keep guide to the inspirational address of the most Reverend Curry. Excellent. So you can read the whole thing. Uh, it says the parallel. So they're not giving him a hard do, time. Do you know what? They're uh, being a lot less sort of negative about you the Daily Mail. You have to submit these things in advance for the yeah. Queen to see. So the Queen would have had an indication of what the dress was like yeah. so that she wasn't going to turn up in some kind of hillbilly kind of, you know, something nasty and right. uh, something out of um, gypsy something weddings or whatever it was. Do you remember the gypsy wedding programme? Well, a big fat 15, gypsy wedding. 15 yeah. grand dresses, yes. 20 grand dresses. Yeah. Uh, she wouldn't have t- turned up in anything like that. Um, and they would have seen his speech in advance. Yeah. So when he said... 
look, 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 we know we've got to get some people married here. I'm just going to go on for a few more minutes. That was the moment right. that he said things that had not been cleared. Right. He was having far too that, much is, fun. Yeah, is that where, and is that how see. you could tell that yeah. that was where he went off piece? And that's when were. he went off, and that's yeah. when everybody started laughing and looking at each other. Right. William started having you know giggles. Right. So did Beatrice. Because you so don't know Zara. where that's going, do you? They had no idea where yeah. it was going, and you could see the Queen was not amused because mm. this was not what was signed off. No. You know, and you see, do I would things imagine, by protocol. And I would imagine the Queen, and, and you'll have met her, right? I mean, you wouldn't want to upset the Queen. No. I mean, she would have that withering stare. You and, would not you know, want to upset her. Off with, the, off with his head kind of thing. She does have a cracking sense of humour as well. Yeah. And I think that the, the fear was, where is this going? Where is this going? This is all could go horribly wrong. And once it was over, would probably have reflected on it and laughed. But at the time, not finding it so funny. Yeah, exactly right. Now, we've just been passed a piece of information because the Times uh, this morning talked about uh, the Tories and, and various different plans, including uh, giving some kind of discount card to uh, Conservative Party members for Nando's, right? Nando's has walked away from this at 100 miles an hour, gone, actually, that's not right. We are not going to allow Conservatives to offer a discount to party members. We have a Nando's loyalty card and standard gift cards that anyone can use, and we offer a 20% discount to police, fire services, ambulance services, and NHS. They don't apparently want to be associated with one political party or another. Who Quite right. Them? You shouldn't be. You mm. know, if you're a brand, why would you want to side with one or the other? It's yeah. madness. But the problem madness. is, and you've mentioned this before, is that the Tories have only got 124,000 members, whereas the Labour Party have now got five 552,000. In fact, I think it was uh, Emily Thornberry who was on Question Time recently who said it was over 600,000 now. I'm not surprised at all. And yeah. that's, the, that's the problem, you see, because all of this money that the Labour Party now has is swimming in cash. Yeah. has all come from these little individuals right. where the, Labour, the Conservative Party has to kind of rely on those bigger donors, which yeah. is a bad thing. Its membership is decreasing. It's not seen as cool. It's not something you go down the pub and discuss with your mates. Guess what I did at the weekend? I decided to spend my free time and with 25 quid of my money signing up to the Conservative Party. Mm. I wrote a piece uh, in the Times. Apparently it costs twice as much as well to be a Labour member. It's 50, I think. Really? Yeah. Go on, rip off. That's what I was told. But I wrote a piece in the Times around Christmas where I said, the best thing you can do right now is to buy someone a membership of the Conservative Party. Why do I think that? Because that sounds like madness. Yeah. Because if you want to actually have a plain hand in the way that we're going to you know, exit the European Union in the next few years, yeah. Theresa May won't be around forever. And if you've got a membership card, you get to choose the next leader of the Tory party. And that's a great return on 25 quid, if you ask me. It's not so bad, nothing is it? to do with the fact that you think you support them or you think they're brilliant. Just the fact that you want a hand in who's going to be next. And there may well be a snap election, as we were discussing earlier. Let's talk to uh, Matteo Bergamini, uh, who's the founder of Shoutout, which is a political youth news platform. Matteo, very good uh, morning to you. Welcome. Morning. Thank you for having me. No, not at all. I mean, this is all turning into a bit of an unseemly kind of battle for the youth vote, isn't it? Uh, yeah, in a sort of really, really bizarre way. Um, when I heard about the Nando's card, I was sort of wondering... Um, was was there ever a young person or anyone under the age of 40 that was in the middle of making that decision? And the, the, the chances are probably not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's all very, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all very, um, very, very, very strange in the sense that I think the Conservative Party are obviously desperate to get young people involved. And, and by the sound of the figures that you guys were talking about earlier, but just anybody getting involved. Um, but they're always targeting the wrong thing in the sense of, you know, yes, discount chicken. I mean, everyone likes discount chicken, but is that really going to get millennials and young people involved? <laughs> Probably not. I wouldn't have thought so, particularly if you still have to pay 25 quid to join. I mean, I know, you know, some people are really, really massively in love with Nando's, but, but even Nando's are now running away from it 100 miles an hour. And in some ways, there's nothing worse than making an well, announcement or floating an idea and then getting the people that you thought were going to join in actually going, nope, we're not going to do that. 
Well, well exactly, exactly. And, that, and that's also the problem is that there is no thought going into it. It's almost like, and this, if anything, is going to have an even bigger backlash from young people because it shows that the Conservative Party sort of half-baked an idea trying to say, oh, I know what will get young people, because young people are vacuous and don't really care about much. Let's, let's just give them free chicken and that will get them to join. Ooh, we'll discount chicken and get them to join. Let's not even discuss this with Nando's to see if they're cool with that. <laughs> and suddenly it all blows up in your face. It and is it's... ridiculous, isn't it, Matteo? And not only that either, what it does is it highlights the fact that the Tories are thinking, well, our brand's not great by itself, so let's get in bed with another brand and that maybe will hope get a few more people across. And it's backfired spectacularly, isn't it? It really did. And then the, the reality is, is that what people don't realise, and whether you support Jeremy Corbyn's policies or not, I think not really the, the, the relevance here. The reason why young people are flocking towards the Labour Party and, say, momentum to an extent and whatnot is because of the anger and the intergenerational rift that is currently going on between my generation and the people below me and um, baby boomers and so forth, just because of the you know housing market, employment, all of these kind of things that you hear discussed quite often. And these are the things that are pushing young people towards Labour because they see Labour as the only place to vent these angers and vent these, these, these opinions, which the Conservative Party had done. But don't, also, Matteo, Corbyn doesn't try and be cool. Corbyn is authentically Corbyn, right? Whether we like him or not, mm-hmm. he's not try, He's not a try-hard. And there's nothing worse than the cool kid, at sc- that someone at school that's trying to be cool and that kind of try hard. You're trying too hard. And I think the Conservative Party is well, even absolute... like Matt Hancock with his app. Yeah, Matt Hancock app, which everybody, <laughs> ever since he's launched that, has taken the mickey out, yeah. including the Prime Minister. And also, no, I, presi- I mean, I don't know whether anybody's using the Matt Hancock app, Matteo. Do you know? Uh, not that I know of, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt Hancock's using the Matt well, Hancock app. as long as he's using it, that's fine. But, I mean, it's not a lot of point if nobody else is using it. You know what I mean? But it's, it's just yeah. trying to, you know, I, I feel for him, actually, in a way, because he is the, the digital minister, and therefore he was trying to showcase some of the technology that's going on and to be able to say, look, you know, you can interact with your MP in a whole load of different ways. But you're right. What we're doing is we're trying to, at the Conservative Party, certainly, is trying to, you know, cover up for the fact that no one wants to join them anymore and no one thinks they're cool. And we have to look back at the reasons behind that and perhaps what you're saying, Matteo, is uh, we should be focusing on policies that make a difference rather than silly little gimmicks. Well, for me, that's the thing, is that young people are vacuous. You know, we have opinions, we have ideas, we know what, what the issues are for our generation. Answer those, talk to us, start a dialogue with us and be real and actually genuine as opposed to trying to sort of buy us in with cheap trinkets. I mean, also, if you think of, um, I don't know if you guys came across sort of Activate, you know, this sort of, Tory momentum that they that they attempted no. to set up not too long no, ago. No, tell us about that. Uh, so Activate was something that they set up almost like in response to momentum, and it just sort of doomed from the start in the sense that they lost control of their Twitter handle, and then someone parried it using their original Twitter handle. <laughs> um, Vice managed to get into their their Activate launch party, and they were started giving out sort of Activate red wine where they got labels in. Um, they started talking about £500 membership fees and all this kind of really weird Oh, stuff. I remember um, that, Matteo. It was the snobby ones, wasn't it? It was the real toffs within the Conservative Party. They were starting yeah. to... They basically didn't want the riffraff. They wanted an upper-class, young people's club where, they, you know, they could they could hang around and drink champagne and, and charge people 500 quid entry type thing, that kind of thing. Yeah, that that, that was it. And the Vice, um, Vice managed to get in and, and, and did a piece on it. And that, that, that I think, just sums up the, the sort of image problem that the Conservative Party have with regards to young people and the millennials, is that if those are the kind of stories that are coming out, you know, before that you had the massive scandal with conservative future and the bullying stuff that was going on with Elliot yeah. Johnson. Yeah, but it's not um, plain sailing, why? though, is it? Because the Labour Party yeah. have spent six hundred thousand pounds on an event to kind of rival Glastonbury, 
and it's flopped. No one wants to buy a ticket. No one wants to be a key. No, Stormzy like, doesn't even want to go, does he? Stormzy doesn't want to perform. Yeah. And they're going to lose yeah. up to £600,000 on this. So they're trying to be a bit cool and maybe it's backfired. Well, I, I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's, there's no plain sailing on either side. And I think political parties are trying to be something they're not in the sense that you're trying to start a movement. Great, cool, fine. Um, you're involved with Glastonbury. Corbyn's gone to Glastonbury. That's a success. Why are you, why are you trying to overplay your hand? on creating an entire sort of Labour Party festival. I think we need to realise that political parties are there for a purpose. They are there to be the political collective voice for a group in society. And if more people believe in that idea or believe in that, that view, then, then you get more membership. But that's what you guys are. That, that's, what, that's what Labour Party does. That's what the Conservative Party is it's, supposed to do. It's like a parent um, trying to be the best friend of their kid. It's, it's kind of, yeah. it, it, it makes me feel like that, as in, no, 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 you're not their best mate. You're not their mate at all. You're their parent. You are their parent, Just take yeah. on the role you're meant to do, and that's it. Don't try to overstretch yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that's what the Conservative Party and the Labour Party need to remember today, that you've just got a job to do, and that's what people are frustrated mm-hmm. by when you don't do it, not the fact that you're not offering free chicken. Mm. I mean, exactly, exactly. And then that, that's, I think, sums up beautifully, is that you, you need to understand what you are. And, you know, if you want to partner up with Glastonbury, or if, or if that works for you, then, then great, get your message out there. But... You're not a music festival. No. You're not going to rival... But that's the other thing, is that, you know, if, if in fact the Corbyn, uh, peak Corbyn, as it's called, or or the Corbyn wave of popularity was, in fact, what it is meant to be, as far as the media is concerned, it would have had, surely, a bigger effect on the local elections that we just had, and it didn't appear to do that. I mean, no, it didn't. Um, and, I mean, there's whole swaths around around local elections and, and why that didn't happen, you know, with regards to voter turnout in local elections. I don't know... The figures on how many young people voted for local elections, but young people tend to be more involved. And I think people in general can be more involved in general elections than local elections. Yeah. That potentially could be all sorts of things like that. But no, I think you're right. I think, um, you know, as I say, Glastonbury worked. Corbyn showing up and so forth, it worked and it got people engaged. But I think with, with a whole, whole music festival, I mean, I don't think they actually thought through the, the issues around setting up a music festival. And on top of that, that's not what they are. No, exactly you know, right. You, you, you overplayed your hand. And with the Conservative Party, I just think it's... I mean, when I heard about that, I remember laughing. Just just, just hearing about you know, a party that is desperately, so desperate to try and to get a group of people that they do not understand by any way, shape or form. And yeah. it just goes to show. You know, discount chicken? Like, really? <laughs> Let's go to the phone zone and talk to Jack, uh, who's in Andover. Hello, Jack. Hi, Jack. Hi. Hi, Hi Mike. Hi, Katie. What would you like to tell us, Jack? Um, just some personal experience with regards to two of my family members yeah. and with regards to, well, not uh, cannabis, all, but also cannabis. Um, in 1982, my mum was diagnosed with cancer mm. and um, she had cancer all over her body. She was absolutely riddled with it. Um, and she started to take cannabis oil, obviously in those days, you know, highly legal. Um, Is it something you but, ingest? I'm sorry to sound ignorant, but you, you drink uh, it, right? No, no, no. Well, yeah, my mum, she, uh, she, she dripped it under her tongue. Okay. Uh, or, she, or she dripped a few dro- droplets or whatever in a glass of water and drank it like that, yeah. Ah. And th- the absolute difference it made in my mum as a person with regards to her cancer, her pain, you know, and, sh- and th- they gave her eight months to live, and she lived for an extra 10 years. I, I know that that can be a factor of many different things, you know, but... But but seeing my mum every single day, you know, with her away with cancer and all the pain, 
I can wholeheartedly say that cannabis, you know, as a whole contributed a lot to that, you right. know. Um, and also my, uh, my niece, uh, 14, 13, 14, um, who's, who's still in South Africa, um, she suffers from uh, also some seizures. She's got uh, epilepsy, you know, and also that led to, you know, uh, anxiety and sleep deprivation, et cetera, et cetera. And f- from last year, October, um, my sister, and now cannabis oil and the medicinal side of cannabis in South Africa is now completely le- uh, legal. It, 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 sorry, it is legal. Right. And and ever since my niece started to take cannabis oil, she has, it's like Charlotte, the lady that phoned up, she said, my sister can, can see her real daughter coming back again, you know, and why these things are not being funded and, and provided, you know, it's beyond anyone. Well, what I, find, what I find strange about the story is that at first the, the GP would be willing to prescribe it. And then after he's described having a meeting with, with what he calls health officials in Belfast, he's then told yeah. that he can't prescribe it anymore. So there's clearly something going on here which is, which is not being revealed. and We're not quite sure what it is. I mean, I've got a tweet of from course. Anthony here who says you can actually buy cannabis oil at Holland and Barrett, but it can't contain THC, which is the uh, tetrahydrochlorine, I think it's called, uh, or yeah. something like that, which is the, which is the kind of the, the bit that gets you high if you smoke it. Um, so I don't know whether yeah. that's the stuff that you're talking about or whether this would work. Well, the, well, I don't know, Mike, you know, but, but I mean, not to get too deep into this now, you know, but we all know that cancer and any form of cancer treatment, you know, the pharmaceutical industry is a multi-billion dollar and pound industry yeah. worldwide. Sure. You know, they're making money off of people's, uh, you know, you know, suffering. It, it, it's money. It's a money-making industry. And now, obviously, I mean, I, I'm not saying that, Charlotte, you know, and her son, bless him, you know, and all the other children and people was probably the same situation. But come on, if we think about it, you know, it, it's all around making money. If if they provide this treatment for one person, then they're going to have to start treating uh, millions or hundreds of thousands yeah. of other people. They're going to lose out money. You know, the industry can it can be, or it, you know, the economy can be severely uh, affected by this. This is what I think. You know, I'm yeah, but of course, if they were more forward thinking, they if they were more forward thinking, they could be the ones that actually controlled the sale of it and made the money from it. If it, if they lobbied for the government to make it legal, which which has happened in lots of parts of the world. Jack, thank you very much indeed uh, for your call. Across the UK, online and on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. So if you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show ten to one Monday to Friday. On Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. If you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio.